I'm so excited about 2019 that I'm already excited about 2020. That's how excited I am about 2019. I think God is going to do something incredible in your life and in your house this year. I heard a guy say this last night. What God does in his house, this house, he also can do in your home. So I'm believing that. I know that God's doing something incredible in this house, but I'm believing that God's going to do something incredible in your in your home. Some of you guys have already started running for 2017 or 2018 because you're like, I'm going to look good in 2018. You're going to start 19, and you've already started running. But not only have you started running, you've already quit running already. But I'm believing you're going to pick those tennis shoes back up again. I'll tell you what I did to get my run on. Here's what I thought would help me. It didn't, but you can try it. It might help for you. I thought if I'm going to run, I got to go out and buy one of those Apple Watches. So I went out and bought one of those Apple Watches. But the problem was I didn't start running. So I was like, I know, I know what I need. I, I know what I need. I need to get some of those those Beats headphones. So I did what, you know, you guys know me. I went out and bought those Beats, and those didn't, those didn't work. I was with my brother-in-law this summer. I go, man, he had those fancy earbud things. I said, those are nice. <laughs> he goes, here, just take them. <laughs> He's like, every time I'm around him, I tell him something looks nice. He just says, here, just have it. The other day I was like, bro, I like your expedition. He's like, fine, bro, just have it. Just have it. When I'm out of town, you did kind of say that in a roundabout way. You did say, basically, if I'm out of town, you can borrow it. But I, you, I started running. It hasn't helped me. It hasn't helped me. You got to do more than, than, more, than just, more than just that. And uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you what I do in just a few moments. Um, but I, I believe that this year is going to be, this is going to be your year. I'm believing this is going to be this year for our church is going to be the best year we've ever had. This is going to be a huge year for us. We've had a couple of good years. We've had good, great years, whatever you want to call them. But I know this year is going to be a banner year for us. We're going to, it's, we're, we're full steam ahead. It's been a great season. We've had a great little uh, last three months, but this, the next year is going to be, it's going to be huge for us. And we want to invite you to be a part of that. We do a thing at our church called Next Steps, and it lets you know all about where we're going, how we're going to do it, and how we're going to get there. And we want to invite you to it. It happens right after this experience today. We have lunch, and there's child care provided, but we'll let you know how you can be a part of all that God is doing at this church. You can be a part of that with us. And we need you, and we want you. And, um, because we need you and we want you. And it's going to be a huge year for us. So we want to invite you to come out. It's going to be a, it's going to be a blast. If you're joining us for the very first time, we want you to know we're glad you're here. And this is a great place to call. It's a great place to call home. I want you to write this down or take your phone out and take a picture of, the, of this. And it's this phrase. You will look different this time next year. You will look different this time next year. You will look different. I'm planning on looking different. Now, I want you to know today that I'm not really caring about what you look on the outside. I'm talking about transformation. I'm talking about something greater than just your, greater than just your waist size, greater than just the way you, your, your hair color, or greater than just the way you can, how fast you can run a mile. I'm talking about the, the, your life, your life changing, like something so much greater than just outward appearance. You're going to look different this time next year. Now, here's the deal. Some of you guys here today, you think that you're not going to look anything different this, this time next year. And you know what? You're right. But there are some of you guys here today, you're like, man, I'm, I'm declaring that. I want that, and what's going to happen for you when we get to this time next year, you're going to look different. There will be some people in this room today that they're going to have to start their New Year's resolutions all over again in 2020 because they didn't hit them on 2019. But I want to encourage you, some of you guys, you're going to stick with it. You're going to be faithful. I also want to encourage you with this. Some of you guys, they, they, they say, I've, I, you know, statistics are all made up. 100% of statistics are all made up. But they say that 90% of people are going to drop off 
of their New Year's resolutions before they even get a couple weeks into the thing. 90%. It's a, it's a staggering number. But what there's a new concept out. It's, it may be old, and, and, and maybe you've heard it before, but some of you guys haven't, so I'm going to give it to you. But there's this idea of giving yourself one word for 2019. Just giving yourself one word. So I did a, I did a Bible study with a group of people in our church, and some, one of the per, people in the group said, I'm, I'm choosing joy in 2019. I'm going to be a joyful person. I'm just going to choose joy no matter what. When my certain circumstances are down, my situation's messed up, I'm going to choose joy. One of the persons said, I'm going to choose love. I'm going to love everyone that I come in contact with. My year, my word for this year is the word love. I'm going to choose the word love. I, and then I'm with a friend of mine. Uh, he, he's He's just been an awesome, awesome uh, track, and he's moving closer to God for the last year and a half, two years. And he said, my word for this year is the word better. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better, I'm going to be a better, the first on top of it was I'm going to be a better Christian. Those are good things. Better's a good, better's a good word. But you know one of the words I like? I like the word more. I like the word more. We believe in a more, we believe in a more kind of God. We believe God can do more in your life than you think he can do. And you might be here thinking, well, I, I don't know about me. Yes, for you. If you think that God can't do anything in your life, he's, he's in your life, he really wants to do something in your life. If you think he can't, he wants to blow your mind in 2019. God can do, God can do more in your life. If you walked in here today a little bit beat up, your 18 didn't go that good, God can do more in your life. If you walked in this year, you're a little bit struggling, you're struggling, you're frustrated, man, you just, you can't get it together. God can do more in your life. God wants to do more in your life and he can do more in your life. We serve a more kind of, a more kind of God. I want to look at a passage of scripture with you today that I think will encourage you. If you have a Bible, flip open to 1 Kings chapter 19. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to get it. It's going to be on the screens um, to my left and to my right. You can follow along there. But a great passage of scripture of this idea of, this idea of made for more. That's our, that's our theme for the next four weeks. You're made for more. My goal for the next four weeks is to convince you that you are made for more. For the person here today that thinks they're not made for more, I want to convince you. And for those of you guys in here today that you think that you're made for more, I want to let you know there's more than you think. Like, how can there be more on top of more? My son has adopted this desire for chocolate recently. He's like, I love chocolate, Dad. The other day he said, Dad, can we get ice cream? I said, no, you can't get any ice cream. New Year resolution, no ice cream for you guys. He's like, don't make my resolutions for me, bro. He's seven. I'm like, don't call me bro, bro. He's like, I like chocolate, Dad. I love chocolate. I want some, I said, we're going to go home and have ice cream. Yeah, I want chocolate ice cream and I want chocolate syrup. He loves, he loves chocolate. Because I like more. How can there be more chocolate? He's like, Dad, you can put more on there. Chocolate sprinkles, Dad. Chocolate whipped cream. Like, I like more. I like more. I want you to know that you were made for so much more. This is a more kind of church. If you don't like more, then you won't like this church. If you like more, the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God says, I've come to give you more. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that I, I can do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or think. God wants to do more. God is a more Kind of God. You, last week we looked at a story in the, in the scripture where Jesus walks up to the disciple and he says, hey guys, you guys caught any fish? And they said, no. And Jesus said, hey, try something new. Start believing that you can catch more. They threw their nets on the other side and they caught more fish than they'd ever caught in their whole entire life. And I'm believing that God's going to do something in my life this year, in, life, in your life this year, that he's done, that he's never, never done before. And he's, he's going to blow your mind in 2000, 2019. You were made... You were made for more. Elijah was made for more. First Kings chapter 9. Elijah was made for more. But Elijah had, a, Elijah had a rough go. His 2018 didn't go so, it didn't go as hot as he thought it was going to go. So bad. Listen to how bad it is. Verse chap, uh, chapter 19, verse 9, the Bible says this. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Because God told Elijah, you are made for more. You're supposed to be over there doing what I called you to do, but you're not there. You're here. 
And I want to encourage you, some of you guys, God wants to do something in your life, but you can't do it over there. You've got to do it right here. You're over there, but you've got to be here. And God said, Elijah, you're supposed to be over there, but you're here. What, what are you doing, Elijah? And Elijah's like, bro, God, it's not going so hot. The mission you gave me, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm not coming out of a great season. I'm, I'm frustrated. The, my relationships, they're not going as good as I thought that they were going to go. My finances, we're not adding zeros. We're taking zeros away. Things are not going as good as they should go. My health, and I thought things were going good. They're, they're, they're going bad. I wish they were going, but they're going bad. Things are, not, things are not going the way you said that they would go. God, things are not going the way that I thought that they would have planned. Why are you here? And Elijah says, God, I thought I was made for more, but I don't think I am anymore. I think some of us, we come here and say, we thought we were made for more. But you find out, I don't know, God, I don't, I don't know, God, that I, I am. I mean, I think you told me, I, you used to say, I'm made for more. God's got more for me. God's going to do incredible things. But now you're like, I don't, I'm not quite sure if, if God can do, I mean, he can do that through them, but I don't know if he can do it through me. We've gone to those questions, and now we're answering our questions with negative answers. So this pastor of scripture, he says to him, he goes, I, God, I, I served you, but the people of Israel, they, they broke their covenant with you. Like, things ain't looking so good. They tore down your altars. They tore your churches down. Your churches are to the floor. And they killed every one of your prophets, all the pastors. That'd be like someone saying, hey, me, me running off, hey, God, hope church didn't work out. It just, we had a good run for three years, but it just, it just didn't work out. They, and they killed all the pastors. They killed Diana. I don't know why they killed her. Maybe she asked too many questions. I don't know why they killed her. But they killed Diana and they killed Josh. Why'd they kill Josh? Because he was always happy all the time. People get sick of happy people all the time. I roll in here at 6.30 this morning. Hey, pastor. I'm like, dude, calm down. I'm like, are you on coffee? He's like, no, I'm on the Daniels fast. I'm like, that starts today. He goes, I haven't had coffee since, since January 1st. I said, God bless you. I said, but it starts today. You overachiever. I don't like you. He said, uh, I, I said, what else? God said, what else? I said, they killed Joel. I said, why? Because he wouldn't shut up, man. He's gone. That dude, he was gone. What was he talking about all the time? His shoes. You know, that's what he was talking about. So we killed him. He's gone. Killed Maggie. She was just so nice. We got sick of her. And it's all gone. And I'm the only guy left to tell you. I'm the only guy here, God. I'm left because everything's not working out. Things are not going good. And I'm frustrated. I'm not made for more anymore, by the way. I used to be made for more, but not anymore. And God says to him in this very next passage of Scripture, he says, um, verse, verse 11, I, I believe what God begins to say to him is, hey, Elijah, I want to remind you, you are, you are made for more. Reminders are good for you, by the way. That's why church is good for you, because you need to be reminded every week that God's got more for your life. Verse 11, he says, go out and stand before me on the mountain, and Lord, Lord said. And Elijah went out there, and the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. A mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. And my Bible underlined the next phrase, the Lord was not in the wind. There was a, we know wind because we're from Orlando. We get wind, we get hurricanes. The Bible says he wasn't in the wind. And then there was an earthquake. But I underline my Bible, the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. There was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, man, you're like, dude, you described my life right now. I met my friend last year, uh, Pat. He's not here today, but he started off the year with a, with a, with a heart. Both of his, both this last in 2017, both of his 
his, both his, his side of the family and his wife's side of the family, both of his parents had, had a heart attack. House burnt to the ground. Like things just aren't going, things aren't going good. Health, health's not going good. His wife's health, I mean, it was like the worst year. Like they could label 2070 as the worst year of your life. Things are not going good. An earthquake happened, but God wasn't in an earthquake. A wind came, but God wasn't in the wind either. The Bible says that a fire came, but God said, I'm not in the, I'm not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. A whisper came, the Bible says. Verse 13, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. God said to Elijah, Elijah, I, I wasn't in all the tragedy. There's a lot of churches out there that are selling people that, that God, God's causing tragedy to happen because you're, because you're a bad person. Well, here's the good news about this church. We're all bad people and we all need Jesus. Like my dad always says, we all put our pants on the same way. Unless you're wearing skinny jeans. It's a different technique, but you get the point. It's kind of one leg at a time. But he says, hey, I, things aren't going that good, God. Um, I, things aren't going too good. I mean, now an earthquake's happened, a fire's happened, a windstorm's happened. And then the Bible says, then, and then after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And God says, hey, that's where, I, that's where I am. When Elijah heard, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And then a voice said this. What are you doing here, Elijah? Now, either God has amnesia or he's trying to drive a point home today because he said, hey, what are you doing here? I told you you were made for more. And then they have this conversation. They see some natural disasters happen like it was just no big deal. And then God says, hey, to Elijah, hey, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing? I've made you, I've made you for so much more than just your little plan. And then I'm not going to read the rest of it to you. But what happens basically is God says, Elijah, get yourself up. Go back there, and I want you to get back to work, and I want you to get the guy named Elisha. Your names are close. I want you to get Elisha, and I want you to train him because you're not going to be here forever, and Elisha's going to take your place. Go back. You were made for more. And what I want to encourage you with today is that you were made for more. If you leave here knowing one thing today, you need to know that you, you were made for more. Now, I was a pastor. I graduated high school in 1996. I graduated college in 2000. Is that right? No, I graduated high school in 2000. I graduated college in 2004. And I got ADD. The numbers just all go together. It's awesome inside my head. In, 2000, in 2004, I graduated college, and I went to um, Jacksonville, Florida, and I became a youth pastor for the first time. I actually drove here. I actually drove to Orlando, Florida. Um, I went to my sister's graduation. Um, she graduated, and then I got in my car, and I drove actually to, um, to a little south of Palm Beach, and I got on an airplane, and I flew to Bahamas. My, I was like literally graduated on Thursday, and I was on a missions trip the next, the next week. And when I got to that church, the pastor said to me, he's like, you're going to be a youth pastor. I said, awesome, I, I know that, I'm, I'm going to be a youth pastor. He's like, here's what you're going to do, you're going to, you're going to lead junior high kids. And I was like, God, I'll do anything but lead junior high kids, anything. Like, send me to Africa and the most remote parts of the world, anything but middle. I was terrified of middle school kids, they're, they're cutthroat. So I was like, I got this, I'm, gonna, I'm made for more. I can lead middle school kids. So I, I, went to, I went and found five kids. I was like, hey, you're going to be in my youth group. They're like, what's a youth group? I'm like, I'll explain to you in just a moment. So I get these five kids, and they come to my youth group. And every day I, I wake up, and I go pick these five kids up. Diana's in, um, Diana's in, we're not married yet. She's in Orlando, and I'm in Jacksonville. So I go pick these five kids up, and I take them to Taco Bell every single day, because that's what I do to do. And I can feed all five of those kids for $20. Dude, I was balling on a budget, killing it. So the first year, that youth ministry grew from uh, just a handful of kids, five kids, to from August. And in May, we had 80 kids in the room. My pastor said, you're going to get an upgrade. And I was like, yo, can I get an upgrade? Absolutely. I was like, how much are you going to pay me? He said, no, I'm going to upgrade your opportunity, but you're not getting no pay. I was like, I don't want it. 
I signed up for the big, I'm, I'm doing a ministry because I want to make a lot of money. It doesn't work that way in case you're new to all this. He's like, hey, I, I said, I don't, I'm going to give you more responsibility, but I'm going to give you, you're not getting more pay. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of busy, kind of busy. He's like, no, I own you. It's like, I deal. So I, so that, so I became the high school youth pastor. So I left 80 kids here. I built some leaders up and I left them there. I walked across the campus. I walked into this youth room. They had a youth room and there was five, there was five kids there and there was 10 leaders there. I was like, yo, I can do this because now I got leaders. I had no leaders before. I had, I had me and Diana and I had, to, I had to train her, you know what I'm saying? So that like took a year. And then I, once we finally got things going, we were cranking. And so I, I'm just kidding. She trained me and she's still training me and I'm okay with it. So we get to the high school youth ministry and there's five kids there. So I was like, yo, tomorrow I'm picking you guys up and we're going to Taco Bell. I got my $20 bill. I put it in my pocket. I go to the thing. I said, get whatever you guys want. They ordered the meal. It was $45. I was like, 20 bucks ain't going to cut it. I was like, high school ministry is more expensive. More opportunity, less money. We got there. <clears throat> Derek can tell you this. He was there. And Diane, we built that youth ministry out. We had 150 kids there. We took 125 kids to camp one year. We killed it. Three and a half years later, we left that church. We moved to a church in Orlando, Florida. And, and Dinah, we began to look back, like, how's it going back there? How's it going back there? So yeah, how's it going back there? So we began to go back and look and check on the kids. And a lot of those kids weren't in church anymore. You know what I found out that I did? I made sure a lot of people knew West Beecham. I did a lot more. I spent a lot of time making sure people knew about West Beecham, but not knowing about who God is. And I've, I've dealt with, I've, I've struggled with that for, for a lot of, a lot of, for, I've been 11 years. Cause like, man, I could have connected more people to God, but instead I connected a lot of people to myself. And God said, Wes, people aren't made to know. People weren't made to know you, Wes. People were made to know God. You were made to know God, friends. You were made to know God. I was like, all right, God, I get it. So we began to track a little bit further. I'll tell you another story about ministry. I, I didn't fully learn my lesson. I get to Orlando and Derek says to me, hey, I get sick. I went to my father-in-law. I was like, hey, how many kids do you want in the youth group? Our church, our last church, the church was 30% students. We get to this high school ministry, and I began to run as fast as I could. I'm working there on staff with Diana and Derek and Derek's dad. And I'm six months into it. I'm, 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 I'm a mess. I've worked so hard. In six months, we've got 20 kids coming, 30 kids coming, 40 kids coming, 50 kids are coming, 60 kids are coming, 70 kids. In eight months, 110 kids were there. We weren't even there. On our biggest time, on our biggest Wednesday night of the year, we weren't even there. We were on vacation. About six months into it, Derek goes, dude, you look tired. I was like, I'm fine. He's like, no, you're not fine. He said, you're burnt out. I said, I know, I'm fine. (laughs) He said, you need to read this book. I was like, you need to read the book. He's like, I already have, read it. And the book began to change my life. It's it's, it's called um, Running on Empty. I think it's by Stephen Farrar. You ought to get it, Running on Empty. Best book I've I've ever read. I haven't read a lot of books, but I read that one. That was the best, one of the best books I've ever read. God began to change my life. God began to change my life. And when I got out of that book was God said, Wes, you were made to know me, Wes. You were made to know me. All the, st- all the church stuff, all the work, that's good, Wes. But that's not gonna, that doesn't make me love you more, Wes. You were made to know me, Wes. You were made to know God. You're made to know God. The Bible tells us, not only are we made to know God, a lot of people know who God is apparently. Apparently he's kind of famous. James chapter 2, verse 19, the Bible says this. You say you have faith for you believe that there's one God. That's great. We believe there's one God. Wes, you believe there's one God. But good for you. Even the demons know that there's a God. Even the demons know there's a God. Wes, congratulations. Wes, do you really know me? You were made to know me, Wes. You know about me. You've connected a lot of people to yourself. You connected some people to me, but do you really know 
Do you really know God? It's not that hard to find him, by the way. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, the Bible says this, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you're gonna find me. God's not hiding from you. Why can't I find God? You ain't looking. But I'll tell you this, you're here today. So I wanna make sure I'm not preaching the choir. You're here today, you're at the right place. There's a young man in here today. He said, I took the, one of the biggest steps I've taken in a long time. Is I, my biggest step was coming to church. I've never missed church. Because when you grow up with a black father, you go to church Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Saturday was a Sabbath, and we had a church on Sunday. I'm like, y'all got that mixed up. We were at church all the time. Kids choir, adult choir. I'm like, I'm not even an adult. Why do I have to go to adult choir? Prayer meeting. Dude, I was snoozing in that meeting. Like, I don't, why did y'all make us go to church? But hey, I made it. I'm still here. You know what I'm saying? I was there all the time. The Bible says, God's not hiding from you. If you look for him, you'll find him. So this guy said, I just, big step for me to come to church. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. So I wrote down a couple things for you today. You can take a picture of this with your phone. You need God. You may not like the, 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 the it's kind of one point, but it's two lines. You need God and you want God. You do. Those kids came to that church in Jacksonville and they didn't need West Beecham. They needed God and they wanted God. They got me. Cheap substitute. You need God and you want God. It's facts. Reality is this, there's people out there, they're chasing something. You'll find out everyone's chasing something and the thing that they're chasing for is God, but they always go to a substitute. You'll find out this, if you try drinking, you'll find out that it's a bad substitute. It's temporary. It's temporary. The Bible tells us it's temporary. The Bible doesn't say it's bad, but the Bible does say it's temporary. I want you to mix that up at all. It's temporary. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll suppress the pain for a minute. You can try, you can try drugs. I was at the barbershop yesterday and, and the guy said to me, his pastor was saying, you know, because my mom was, my mom was just strung out on everything. And she met Jesus and everything changed. Five kids, five different men. She met Jesus, everything changed. She has two kids, the very church that pushed her out. She's now leading the church. And her, her, her son that she had after she met Jesus, her son's a pastor. I'm sitting next to him having a, have a conversation. Well, I'm getting a haircut. He's having a haircut. Two preachers. Must have been miserable for the barber. Like, yo, if he died right now, do you know if he's been a journey yet? You know? Like, just facts. Like, we were here. Well, we can take us right now. These guys both go to, one goes to our church and one goes to another church. They're, they're, the barbers are brothers. You need God. Everyone's looking for him. But they usually just miss it by a little. Some people chase stuff. I got more stuff than I need. I was watching, I'm friends with Pedro now, brand new friends with him. I was watching these, this, your real estate post the other day. I'm like, man, these houses are baller. I don't, need, I don't need another house. That ain't gonna make me happy. I like the one I got. I've had over 100 people from this church in my house. I wanna connect people to who God is and it happens really good in homes. I want people to know who God is. I'm tired of getting people to know more about West. That's a, that's a dead end, that's a drag. I mean, you'll laugh a lot. We'll go shopping together, we'll have coffee together after the 21 days is over. But like, we're gonna, we'll have a blast. We laugh a lot. We eat good food a lot. Like you can't tell, I work out five days a week, but we eat a lot. You were made to know God, my friends. You were made to know God. And so, someone told me recently, every time I come to your church, like. I've been to two services. Both messages are different. 
So that's a good thing. If you come to church or twice, you're gonna get two different messages because they are both different. Hey, under the seat below you, I wanna give you an opportunity to know more about who God is. Underneath your seat, there's one of these things. It's called 21 Days of Prayer. And um, if you're, there's a nice little sweet love letter for me and Diana. It says, dear friends, let's skip that page. You can read that later. You might be here today and you said, I've never, ever prayed before. We want to make it easy for you. It's okay. I woke up last night and I said, God, would you just help our people just to know more about who you are today? That's all I really want. That's, that's all I'm asking for, God. God, would you change some, would you set some people free today, God? Would you do that? God's like, yeah, I got that. So he's going to do that. I believe that he will. Then it says that, that first page, says, second page, third page says, creating a lifestyle of prayer. Have a certain time, have a certain place, have a certain plan. For the next 21 days, starting tomorrow morning, uh, we're going to go live on our Facebook page at 6.30 a.m. If you want to join us, great. The cool thing about Facebook Live is that it's going to be recorded. We're going to be up, and at 6.30 in the morning, we're going to be live, and we're going to be praying as a church together. So whoever wants to join at that time, you, you can join in, okay? So have a time, have a certain have a time, have a certain place, have a plan. Prayer is how we connect with God. The very next, very next page is prayer is how we connect with God. This is the Lord's Prayer right here, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. The Bible says connect, the very lower part down there, the bottom half of the page says connect with God relationally. He says in that prayer, he says, our Father which art in heaven. The very next part of that says pray his will first. He, God says to, Jesus says to God, God, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done. The very next one says, depend on God for everything. Jesus says to God, God, give us this day the food that we need. So this is, you're like, well, I don't know. I, okay, a little bit further. If you flip the page one more, there's some scripture you can pray. If you don't know how to pray, just read these scripture. God will hear you, I promise. God has incredible hearing, perfect hearing. And we all can talk at the same exact time, and he can hear all of us at the same time. So that's that. And then if you flip over past that, it says January 6th. Today we're in church and it says church service prayer. And I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Before I, before I do that, tomorrow I'm going to go live at 7, at 6.30, I'm sorry, the 7th, just tomorrow. I'm going to go live at 6.30 and I'm going to pray for our national and local leaders. If you've been anywhere near any kind of news feed, whether it's really credible like Facebook or whether it's whatever else you watch to get all your credible news source, um, you know that our, our country needs prayer. Our local leaders it needs prayer. You know, we can't, we can vote, we can do that, but the voting's over. But after you vote, then you pray. pray. You pray, then you vote, and then you pray. That's really all we can do. We can't walk into, you know, we can't walk into Congress tomorrow and say, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna step in, I'm gonna, God told me to come here and change things. You, you can't, it doesn't work like that. You guys know that, so I don't wanna get too far. So, but we can pray. We can pray. And bad mouth at any political party doesn't fix anything. I don't know if you knew that or not. That's just, that's free. That's in Genesis somewhere, but just praying for these people. You couldn't do a better job, just facts. That's just a whole nother, that's another side message. And then on January 8th, we're gonna pray for our pastoral leadership and our church staff. We need your, we want your prayers. Do you think Satan likes Diana to be happily married? He doesn't, in case you're wondering. Do you think he wants our staff to be healthy? Satan wants our staff to be, no, he doesn't. He wants us to fall apart. He wants all of us to just, he wants us to be a drag force. He wants to wake up and put the worst thoughts in our heads about you guys about other people or about each other. That's what he wants to do. The Bible says Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God said, I've come to you. I said, would you pray for us? We would appreciate that. To the ninth, we're gonna pray for our city. We love this city. We're 
praying for revival in the city. We're praying for a day there will be more people in church than there are in Walmart on Sunday mornings. We're not asking for much. Our national missions partners, our, our international missions partners, Diana's going to go live on January 11th at 6.30. She's going to pray for our missions partners. And then January the 12th this week, we're going to have prayer and coffee at our church offices. That will give the address in just a moment, but it's 204 South Diller Street. We're going to go to our office. And when you see your office, like this is the office you got. It's more like just a, it's more like just one bedroom of a house, but it won't be creepy if we're all in there together. Um, but uh, <clears throat> you're not going to be that impressed, but it's what we got and we love it. But we're going to, we're going to come together and we're going to pray. And um, we're going to bring coffee and donuts for those of you guys that can partake in that. And uh, I'll bring water and a banana. It's going to be awesome. But that is going to go in tandem. This, this, for next one, this is going to go in tandem with your Bible, but more relevantly, your Bible app. Okay? So there's a Bible app called YouVersion. It's very simple to download. If you just type in YouVersion, even if you spell it wrong, it'll show up. Okay? And this is an incredible tool for the church in America today. It's called YouVersion. And if you become friends with Diane or I, or Josh or Joel, if you know them, or if you go to us, or if you email, there's an email account that's set up just for the next 20 days because this is that important to us. Called It's 21days at hopewintergarden.com. If you've never set up YouVersion or if you need help with it, let us know. We'll help you with it. Um, we want to help you with it. We want to make this as easy as possible for you to pray and read the Bible. But we're praying through the same thing. We're, 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 we're following this guide, and we're reading the same scripture together for the next 21 days. We believe something super powerful can happen if we're all reading the same thing, and we're all praying the same thing. So that's what we're going to do, okay? So today I woke up at 6 a.m. at about 6.10. Um, usually it wakes, usually goes like this. Are you going to get a shower first, or am I going to get a shower first? We're like, we, whoever's more tired is like, you go first. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, sounds like selfless, but it's really selfish. It's like, just you go. So I laid there and I, I read, and when I, when I got done reading, before I, about the time I hit send, I read through some things and read through some scripture. And by the time I did that, um, Whitney Rini had already finished the study, and um, Annie Talbot had already finished the study. And it's just encouraging to know that people are reading the same thing and they're all praying through the same exact thing. So today's on, on power. And I don't know anyone who doesn't need the power of God. I've never met that person. And if you don't need the power of God, then I need to meet you. Because it'll be a first. I want to get your autograph. But we need the power of God. So today's on the, today's on the power of God. And uh, it's really simple to walk through it. You just need an email address. Tomorrow's gonna be awesome. It's on creativity. I don't know anyone more creative than God. And we could use some more creativity. So tomorrow's on creativity. That's that. Um, but let me share one more story with you. I think I covered a lot. 21 days at hopewintergarden.com. It's two, it's two, one, then days at hopewintergarden.com. I left that church in Jacksonville and, um, and I'm thankful I learned a lot. I got to Church Orlando and my church said, hey, we're gonna do 21 days of prayer. <clears throat> and every single year they did 21 days of prayer, I always had an escape goat. I always took the easiest way out, every single time. I can't remember a time you're like, I cannot believe I go to this church. This guy's never, ever, never, ever like did anything. Like uh, Last year, Lee walked in the gym. He's like, good to see you here. And I was like, I come here all the time. He's like, oh, last year you fasted CrossFit. Are you not fasting that this year? So I would punch him, but he's a tough dude, you know? And so, so, um, so I said, no, I'm not fasting CrossFit. Not, not CrossFit this year. Thanks for judging me. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, so that was, that was last year. And the year before that, I was like, God, I'm really going to just, I, God, I just want to know you so much. I'm going to surrender my favorite thing, God. I'm going to surrender coffee, God. I'm just going to surrender that for 21 days because, God, you deserve me to surrender my coffee for 21 days. There's other times where, like, I fasted like bread. That's what you, you're a pastor and you fasted bread. Like, congratulations, Wes. Like, and really, I just, I realized, I'm, I'm honestly, transparent moment, which they're every week. 
I really just thought I knew God enough. I know enough about God. I don't need God. I don't need to know God anymore. That's how I feel sometimes. Like I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I love Jesus. I'm just giving my life to this church. Seven days a week job. I'm loving people. I'm encouraging people. But I just don't need that. I don't need to know more God. I know enough. I mean, I preach the Bible. Like I preach sermons. Like I don't need to know more God. And God's like, Wes, you missed it again. We had a really, really good learning moment back in 2007. Had our first child in 2007. We had a really, really good learning moment. And here we are. I've had a few mother, uh, six months later, Derek said, read this book. And that was a really, really good learning moment. And then every year for the last eight years, I'm like, I don't need to fast. I don't need to fast. I'm good. Good, God. But can I be honest with you guys? I, God said to me this. He said, Wes, that's serious for 2019. It's not for, it's not for your church. It's for you. You were made to know God way more than you know him, Wes. You're made for more, Wes. You can know more about God. There's, Wes, God, I tell you all the time, like, there's so many things you don't know about God. And God said to me, Wes, eat your own words. There's so many things about me, God, Wes, that you don't know about me. I said, all right, God, I get it. So Diane and I, we're doing the Daniels fast together. Um, and you can Google that. And that's no meat. It's no caffeine. I'm up here preaching without caffeine. It's basically like a modern day miracle, in case you're wondering. If you're new, like, I'm usually three cups deep right now, double fisting coffees, you know. People are like, here's Duncan, here's Starbucks. I'm like, I'll take both. Yes. Um. So I, we're doing Daniel's fast, so it's, it's Daniel, basically, and his buddies, they get taken captive, and the king says, you're going to fight for us, but you're going to be on the LeBron James diet. Really, really good steak and really, really good wine. That's what you're going to be on. And he's like, can you let us have a, just, we'll, if you'll give us 21 days, and we're just going to eat fruits and vegetables and water, and we promise we're going to be in better shape than your other guys. And the guy's like, It's impossible. It's impossible. They said, no, just let us try it. No steak, no wine. We got it. Our thrusters will be incredible after it. We're going to kill it. Our push press is going to be on point. We're going to make it. Like, just let us, if you don't mind, just let us try this. And after 21 days, they went to them. They took their shirts off. Like, <laughs> they took their shirts off, and they're standing there, and these guys are just shredded. They're jacked. And they look at the other guys like, dude, you guys look good. Y'all got that beach body looking fire. You know, you guys look killer. You guys go across the Winter Garden in Jackson, in our, in, uh, in our Winter Garden? Yes, we do. They said, all right, we're going to stick with this. This is good. Y'all are good. So no meat, no caffeine, no sugar, no carbs. It's just fruits, vegetables, and water. And uh, this is the last time I'll say that because the Bible's pretty clear about fasting. It's like, you don't give them, say, hey, look at me, I'm fasting. But I just want to let you know, if you say, listen, I want to do that, our staff, Diane and I, we, we'll, we'll run that race with you. And um, I want to know, the reason why I'm doing it is because I want to know God more. I'm tired of going off what I already know about him. It's not enough. I'll tell people the time, I like God. And they say, why? I say, because I can't figure out everything there is to know about him. And that stinks. But it's just not possible when he's that big. But I want to know more. I'm hungry for more. I'm in a season right now where I am hungry for more of God. And so in the front of your notebook, it says, um, it says personal notes. <clears throat> Because I'm a pastor, I'm praying for three things for my wife and I and for, for our kids, for, for this church, for, for me and me. It's, it's all selfish. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you. And you got to find your things that you need to pray for for you. And there were some people that already reached out to me and said, I, um, I, need, I, I need this. Can you pray for this? And we'll do that. You can email us and we'll, we'll pick it up and we'll pray for it. But I wrote down three things. I wrote down location. One of the things that we prayed for for 2000 and uh, for this year for our church is we had a vision to see 40 new families come be a part of God, part of what God's doing here, 40 new families. 
people that, have, that know God, that are finding freedom, that are discovering their purpose, and they're making a difference. 40 new people. And then we also pray that God would give us 40 leaders out of this squad, 40 leaders. Now here's what we know about leaders. It's, it's easy to introduce people to know who God is. You don't gotta be a leader to introduce people to know who God is. But to help people find freedom, you gotta be a leader for that. Because you've gotta overcome some things to help people help overcome some things. And so we're praying for 40, for 40 leaders. It's a big number for the size church that we have, but we need that. My buddy Joey said, why do you want more leaders? I said, because Di and I and our team, we can't do it alone. We would be so much better together. And so we're, so we're praying for leaders, 40 leaders. We, we have a list. We have a list. And some of you guys are on the list. Some of you are not on the list. Some of you are on the list. You don't want to be on the list. Some of you guys are on the list, but you want to be on the list. And, there's a, and it's fine. It's just a list of people. We've watched for the last three or four years. Say, listen, we've been faithful. And we're chasing after God. We want to know God more than we know anything. We want to help other people find freedom. And we know what we, we've discovered our purpose and we're making a difference. So we've kind of just looked around and said, who's doing that? Who's here all the time? Who's here on Saturdays? Who's here on Sundays? Who's helping us shut this thing down? Who's opened up this thing with us? And so we've kind of just been praying. So we're praying for those leaders. Location. So we, we prayed for 40 leaders, 40 new families. And we prayed that God would give us another environment, another location. And we've been saving. We've been saving. We've been saving. We just came out of a season where we raised a bunch of money. And we're saving. We're saving. We're saving. We feel like we're getting closer to that. We're getting closer to a location, and it may be the next location, maybe a second location. But we've prayed, we we told you guys that back in September on our birthday. And so I'm praying for a 40, I'm praying for leaders, location, and I'm praying for life change. For you and me. For me. I, I'll take it. And I'm praying it for you, and I hope you want it. But I'm, we're praying for life change. Life change, leaders, and locations. That's our that's our that's my three L's. You can take that prayer request, but we're gonna take a time right now and just ask God for you right now. So we're gonna, we're gonna ask God for you. We're gonna let you ask God for you. If you have a pen, awesome. If you don't have a pen, take out your phone. But I want you to declare something. I sat with Randy there many times and Randy said, Wes, if you don't write it down, it's not gonna happen. If you don't write it down, it's not gonna happen. Every day I walk and I write down three things. I make sure I accomplish these three things. The next day I take these next things and I write them down. If you don't write down, it won't happen. So I wanna encourage, I wanna let you know this day. If you don't write down what you're praying for, then you're not praying for it because it'll just be, it won't be an intentional. It'll just be by accident. If you, Bible says, if you, if you earnestly seek me, I promise you, God says, I, he's never missed a promise, you will find me. And I want us to find God this season. I don't, some guys say, well, you're only doing 21 days? I'm like, 21 days is gonna start something that's, we, that we're not gonna be able to contain. It's gonna be huge for us.